this is Dan. This is Jeff. And this is Scott of Zeo. And this is our chapter of As the Story Grows. What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? Are you being realistic? As the story grows. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. My name is Trav. This is chapter 50. That, that's a lot. 50 freaking times. This is crazy. Uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be happier to introduce uh, one of my uh, closer friends. And uh, I don't really mean that like on a personal level. I meant geographically. He was convenient to come help me with mm-hmm. the intro. Uh, Mr. Seth Workheiser, ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Seth. Oh, oh, hey, thank you. I literally hello, want hello. people clapping. Maybe they will. I they can, can hear them. Listen. Can, yeah. Listen. Those are crickets. Oh, mm. that's my water heater. <laughs> What's going on, Sethers? Hey, not much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> glad to be a part of this. Uh, episode 50. You do, uh, you do sound like Steve Carell. Well, snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> so it's been brought to my attention that yep. I do. But uh, yeah, that, that happened recently. So let's get this ball rolling here real quick. I want to <clears throat> I want to thank my newest patron, Eric, from the Shoot the Shred podcast. He was nice enough to throw a little a little tip in the digital tip jar. Um, good guy. Good dude. He uh, runs a podcast called Shoot the Shred. It's kind of for the guitar, the guitar folk that are out there. Um, and I listen to it, and I'm not a guitarist, and it still makes sense. So, pretty good. If you want to check it out, uh, I will put Shoot the Shred in show notes. Here, let me circle that so I don't forget to do it. Very important. Shoot the Shred. Got it. Good. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it, dude. There's your shout-out. Now, don't ever talk to me again. I'm totally kidding. Oh. No, 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 no. I'll cut that part out. Yeah. Seth, Dan, Jeff, and Scott mm-hmm. from the band Zayo. Heard of them. Yeah. They were nice enough to come on here and step through the entire album, mm-hmm. track by track, yeah. explaining the album titles, working titles, where the lyrics were inspired from, what it was like to record each one. It, it, it was This is like the most under-the-hood explanation of an upcoming album I've ever heard of, and I got to be the podcast to put it out there. You've heard pieces of it. What do you think so far? Oh, I think it's awesome. Uh, heard heard part of the songs, heard uh, some of the explanations behind it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm stoked. I'm really excited that they were able to do this for me. Okay. Got a lot of recording details. Uh, we went off on a couple tangents about our dogs. Pretty funny stuff. Uh, there was an amazing story about uh, the night that Dimebag got shot. Zayo was supposed to be a part of that. Um, That's huge. Yeah, kind of wow. somber. Uh, kind of crazy. Crazy. Uh, the track uh, I already mentioned the track listing, but I wrote it down, so I'm going to say it again. Mm, it's important. <laughs> um, they were nice enough to give us the song clips as the album is being mixed. Like, the, like you're going to hear a little tiny snippet of every single song on the upcoming album. I don't know that anything like that's ever really been done before. If it has, okay, whatever. I guess I'm just tr- 
you know, I'm just excited. But uh, new to me, yeah, yeah, I never heard it before. And uh, as they're being mixed, they're not even done yet. Like they, they were nice enough to be like, you know what, these songs aren't perfect and everything, but they're, they're good enough. We want people to hear a little bit of what's going on, just to kind of wet their whistle. Um, a they, taste. They didn't have to do that. Yeah. And you know what, a band on la- on a label wouldn't. Correct. Like this is this is pretty cool of them to to do this. Um, yeah. Yeah. At their at their stage, their yeah. career, yeah, at right. their level and everything like that. Yeah. It was their eleventh really cool. album. 11th. We we were blown away that this is their eleventh album. Mm-hmm. Seth was like, he's writing the notes for the uh, for the YouTube clip that we put up there, and he was like, which album is this? And I was like, eighth or ninth, right? I think it's eighth. <laughs> and he's like, dude, Awake was their tenth. And yeah. I was like, oh my god, I totally lost track of how many albums they have. It's pretty pretty cool. Been that, at it, yeah. That they've been at it as long as they have and have done as many as they have. But so anyway, okay. The main reason Seth is here is uh, we have an announcement. Uh, for uh, our first contest, we're actually going to do something. We're going to do a little bit of a collab here, a collaboration, a collaboration, if you will. Mm, I will. I, I and I did do it. All right. And um, as the story grows, and Skull Toaster, and there's actually going to be uh, a tie-in with Metal Band Camp Gift Club, which will be revealed later down the road. Thanks, all you hashtag Metal Band Camp Gift Club folks. Um, Seth, tell us a little bit about this cool contest that we came up with. Well, uh, contests on Skull Toaster are pretty easy. You you follow at Skull Toaster on Twitter, and to enter, you answer metal trivia correctly. That's it. You don't have to hashtag. You don't have to retweet. You don't have to tell five friends to, to join on and join an email list. You just need to follow, answer a question correctly. That's it. And on March 14th to Monday, uh, we're going to have a question up there. and uh, A Zayo question. Yes. And the answer to which is in this episode, this very episode. That's right. So I don't think you're going to get the information that you need to answer that trivia question anywhere else. No. Other than listening to this episode. So right. So you better take some notes. Yes. While you're driving. While you're driving? You could ask Siri to take a note for you. I think that would be safer. All right. Uh, Siri, right. take a note. Oh, I probably just made people's phones take a note. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, that that's the contest. And then uh, tell them what. Uh, and then then after the full day of people answering questions on Monday, uh, March fourteenth, uh, I will pick a winner at random worldwide too. Ooh. Yes. Yep. Because Skull Toaster cares. That's right. So uh, Zayo fans worldwide can win. Uh, what are, what are we giving away? Okay, Zayo, circle back around to Pittsburgh and. Mm. March 18th, the day after St. Patrick's Day, Zayo is playing their first show in four years. Zayo hasn't played since 2012. So this is kind of a big deal. We'll be there. We will be there. We're going to drive out and check them out. It's going to be great. So they have an amazing show poster for that night. And the winner of that trivia question from the 14th is going to get an autographed show poster from all five of the guys from Zayo. Yep. And I'm going to record all five of the guys saying thanks for winning the contest, blank, whatever your name is going to be. And uh, we'll get you that video, and um, that'll be yours forever. And uh, you'll get an autographed show poster from that that show. How cool would it be if somebody who wins is actually at that show? Yeah. Contact us and let us know. And, I mean, they'll probably – they'll sign your – they'll sign you. I'll get Zayo to sign you. Wow. If you're at the show. Wow. Yep. I just stepped up my game a little Mm. bit. It was, was a big move. I hope they're going to be okay with that. What if that's weird? Could be. That's up to the fan. So I think that's the information for the contest, right? That's yeah, good man. stuff. 
this uh this this album that's coming up dude oh my god i zayo's back they're, they're, this this album is unbelievable. It's really good. I'm so excited to be able to play you guys a couple clips of it. You just get 10, 10 or so seconds at a time. That's all that I was approved to give you. Uh, they just want everybody to kind of hear it a little bit and get a little tiny taste. Mm-hmm. But when this album comes out, people are going to get hurt. This is good stuff, It'll be a man. violent affair, yeah. I'm really stoked. Yeah. This is good stuff. Without further ado, let's hand it over to, uh, to Zayo. Cool. Thanks, Seth. Yeah! I have Dan, Jeff, and Scott of Zayo on the show all at once. So this is going to be flipping chaos. Uh, looking forward to talking to all three of you guys. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate uh, you guys setting aside an evening to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having us. Sir. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Scott is a Scott is a return a return guest here yep. on uh, on the podcast. Dan, you said you've never been on a podcast before. No, no. Jeff. Um, I think I have. I, I just don't. I've never heard the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I did one. I did one this past summer with uh, From Honor to Ashes. But okay. I don't. I don't know whatever came of it. Let's not gloss over that. Jeff also uh, he, he uh, also plays drums in From Honor to Ashes, and you're in like a you're in like a bunch of projects, aren't you? Too many sometimes. Too many. <laughs> Give us a couple. Yeah. Uh, from Honor to Ashes, uh, Emmanuel and the Fear, Leverage Models, The Nels. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Working musician in New York, so you have to be in you have to be in a different band every day just to pay your rent, yeah. huh? Yeah. That's crazy. And you also said you worked at a record label. Uh, you already told me, but repeat it again for everybody at home. I found I found this to be kind of fascinating. Uh, it's called Iaso Records. It's a, uh, a record label that focuses on uh, traditional roots music from the uh, Dominican Republic. Huh. And I uh, spend most of my days mixing, helping mix bachata records and getting visas for Dominicans. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, visas for Dominicans. Does that is that a is that a big influence style of music? In your past, or is, is did you just kind of fall into this because of the job? I just kind of fell into it. Uh, okay. It was a uh, 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 <laughs> funnily enough, it was a it was a bass player in a group that I was playing with in New York, and he got fired from the band. Like okay. we, we kicked him out of the band, and some for some reason or another, he ended up offering me a job after that, and I'd never quite figured out why, but. Uh, <laughs> I ended up taking his place in at the job. I think he got fired from the label too. So (laughs) every every time I started like working somewhere where he worked, he would get fired, and I would keep (laughs) job. That's crazy. That's interesting how that worked out. Yeah, you know, I've been there for like I don't know, probably about seven years now. So you work for a record label, and you play drums in in actually five bands. Yeah, five kind of full-time bands, and then I do a lot of like just freelance sort of one-off stuff. Uh, I fill in with some groups, uh, recording sessions, like you name it. 
like That's all different crazy. types of music. You know, sometimes metal groups, sometimes jazz things, sometimes you know, like musical theater stuff. Like, you know, I played on a Samsung commercial a couple months ago. And nice. Like, no kidding. Really weird stuff. Sorry. No, that's cool. Whoever's in the haunted house, just, you know. <laughs> that's me. That's me. It's the evil dead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I had no idea. I knew you. I knew you. I went to your website. And I knew you did a bunch of stuff, and I kind of didn't realize you did as much as I was staring at. That's insane. That's, I mean, that's, I, I kind of always did that. Like, even when I uh, joined Zayo, like, that's kind of what I was doing, was stuff like that, like, back in Pennsylvania. I mean, when Dan got in touch with me, I was teaching like drum lessons around the corner from where he tattooed. Mm -hmm. um, I used to I, run into you all the time. That's kind of how it all came about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was playing in like I was playing in a group band that like we did like weddings and stuff, and we played like it was like a group with like a horn section, and we played like Blood, Sweat, and Tears and Chicago and like Motown covers. Get out of here! Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's kind of been my thing, like all along. It's just I try to play as much as possible and. So there you go. I mean, there's a success story. If you happen to be playing in a wedding band with a horn section, learning your uh, your Earth, Wind, and Fire songs, yeah. uh, the the vocalist from Zayo might wander around the corner and say, "Hey, um, we happen to need a drummer right now." <laughs> I, I came in one day to, to to teach lessons, and there was a note like the guy that like fixed guitars at the store. He's like, "Yeah, there's a note here for you. It said, Dan Zayo need drummer." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And since you already had like four Zayo songs worked into the wedding set, it's like yeah. a match made in heaven, right? I knew I knew them all prior. It just you know, right, right, right. It, it wasn't completely out of left field. Yeah, I, we're not, I, I always wondered why I didn't get called when Jesse left in the first place. Yeah. Huh? We're not ones to put ads out in Craigslist for drummers. <laughs> we need to know the people. <laughs> yeah, probably good move. That is something else. That is that's a that's a cool story in itself. I actually don't even want to talk to Dan or Scott. I'm just more fascinated in all that stuff. <laughs> Later. Later. That, that's, another, that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can stretch this out to like three different ones probably. <clears throat> all right, so let's get, down to the, let's get down to the meat of things. All right. Um, Scott, you've already been on here before, and I'm sure you're probably getting a little exhausted with podcasts asking you about your religious beliefs, so why don't we just bypass all that stuff? No, it's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> you want to talk about you want to talk about Jesus and atheism again? Mm -hmm. No, I'm so excited to just sit here and let Dan and Jeff kind of party, and I'll just kind of snip in here and there. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, I uh, I had this I had this idea cooking up this cooking up an idea about um the new Zayo album coming out. And uh, I happen to be one of the privileged individuals that actually got to hear some early mixes. Thank you, Scott. And mm -hmm. uh, this stuff is ridiculous. It's kind of sick. And uh, I really think this is like uh, kind of like the third, like the, the third chapter. I like to use chapters with this podcast, but it's kind of like the third wave of Zayo. You guys had the whole um, solid state era and the whole like confusing or the Christian band or not thing. And then you guys went to ferret. You guys did what you've been doing on Ferret, and then there was this long hiatus. You guys haven't played since 2012, right? Yeah, I think so. Just life getting in the way. And now, from from what I've seen and from what I've heard, this is like 
this is a totally different band. You guys have had the same lineup for pushing 10 years, yeah. maybe a little bit over 10 years. This is a totally different band. This this album is is going to wreck people, and I'm super excited that you guys chose uh, As the Story Grows as an outlet for uh, to talk about it. So I, I want to talk about the album. Man, this is I'm super stoked about it. So are there any are there any restrictions? Can we just talk freely about it? We could talk album titles and and uh and, and track titles and Dan's gonna talk about lyrical content and everything. Is there anything we have to hold back on or is this literally like the- I don't I don't think we have any I mean I think pretty much like the song titles and stuff and like what we're doing is pretty locked in. I mean we're down to cover art at this point. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which I, think I there also was, saw the, Oh my god, so good. Yeah, Matt Curley hooked it up, man. He's I think that's how you say his name. I've never met him in person, but okay. Uh, I was a big fan of him on Instagram. I followed him forever, and I even told Scott way back in the day, like, "Man, I think this, you know, guy's stuff is whatever." And then I was scrolling through Instagram one day, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm drawing a Zayo shirt." I was like, "What?" And I like called <laughs> Scott, and uh, yeah, and then I sent him an email like real early on, and he seemed to be into it. So I'm gonna put a link uh, in the show notes to the. Uh whatever Instagram page that that album art has to be landing on. But uh, <clears throat> I want everybody to see it. It's got a, it's got, I can't describe it. I mean, I could try to describe it, but I'll embarrass myself. But <laughs> how I understand it, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the album art incorporates something from every single song in the art. There's at least, it, it, it at least touches it a little for every yeah. song. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's and crazy. That, and that's, uh, I mean, it's cool too because we just let them do what kind of went into it like i think from artists or whatever you get the best when you're like hey man do whatever you whatever your vision is and we didn't really give them any real restrictions so those are the best tattoos right when i walk in and say i want this and i don't want this and i want it on this part of my body here you do the rest right yeah i think it's also important that you go to somebody that you you respect and like their work ahead of time sure. and then then you're comfortable letting them just go right yeah. and yeah. you guys knew and you guys knew matt from where again i just uh i initially just uh i forget how he popped up in my instagram feed but i think like someone i followed posted something he did or something and was like check this guy out or and i instantly was like blown <clears throat> away man it was like awesome yeah. Hadn't he done one of the Holy Mountain shirts too? Was that? Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's what's kind of cool about it is Dan was a fan of his and liked his work prior to that, and then when we wow. did when we started doing the Holy Mountain, uh, having them do our merch, Danny, the guy that owns it, was like, okay, I'm gonna have this guy do this artwork, and then we're gonna, you know, I'll show it to you guys. And Matt was one of the guys that he works with all the time. Yeah, like I said, I was scrolling through Instagram one day, just like looking at stuff, and it and. You know, I'm following this guy into his artwork, and he's like, yeah, I'm doing the Zayo shirt. And I was like, whoa. Like, I didn't even know. I was like, well, that's weird. Huh. Like, and it was like, a, I guess, a sign of some sort. I was like, oh, cool. You know? The universe aligned. How about that? Jeff, how are we doing on Budweiser? <laughs> uh, actually, without even saying anything, my wife silently walked in at one point and handed me a new one. Tell her, <laughs> I... I love her for doing that because that's that's a good woman you got there. I, I told her ahead of time. I'm like, oh, we're going to be in the middle of this thing. I might not be able to get up. I have a chance to get up and get a beer. And she's like, I'll check in on you every every 20 minutes. <laughs> that's amazing. Because my wife is like, when are you going down to do your radio show? <laughs> nice. Um, cool. Uh, 
cool. We got the Matt story. We understand how the artwork is here. Uh, Dan. Yeah. Be, yeah. Being your first, uh, being be the first time you did anything like this, um, I wanted to go through, I have, I think, I think I might have working titles, actually, of what the songs are. But you said you actually wanted to um, kind of talk a little bit about lyrical content. Yeah, I'm always down. I think that, you know, I don't know. I always tried to, a lot of weird stuff, man, that uh, <laughs> maybe needs explained a little bit. I don't well know. said. I actually talked to some people, too, about some personal stuff, and I got the okay to talk about some stuff. Like, you know. oh, oh, great, great, great. So why don't we why don't we go through first of all what is the album called Let's just get at, let's get out of the way now. Well, I believe <laughs> okay. we have a band meeting about it right now. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's 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 going to be called Uh or the Well Intentioned Virus. We haven't gone with Uh or the yet, but it's called um, Well something Well Intentioned well, Virus. The initial title would be the Well Intentioned Virus, but in the song it says. A intentioned virus, uh, a well intentioned virus. Okay. So the initial on the album artwork it says the. So I mean, one word changes, whatever. But why not just well intentioned virus? Well, Dan, all, uh, Dan, I suggested the Scott last last night titling the album the well intentioned virus and the song a well intentioned virus. I'm fine with that. Yeah. It could be too different. Th- it, you know. Yeah, because then tech. Well, then technically, yeah, it's the. I mean, the initial like when it was on print was the well-intentioned virus, which. Yeah. So yeah. I know it did, sounds. Did, did, did we just work that out right now? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So the new album's called the well-intentioned virus. Do I get a cut of the album sales now? Sure. Is that a part? Yeah. <laughs> right on. Twenty cents, man. You're gonna be excited. Spotify <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> streams, man. They'll eventually add up. <laughs> Look out, other podcasts. I'm adding up. <laughs> dollar by dollar. Why don't we go through the album? Uh, Dan said he actually had uh, the vision of this podcast to kind of be like a companion piece for the album, which is crazy. I'm I'm stoked that we can do that. So why don't we, the four of us, step through <laughs> each song of the album and kind of talk a little bit about each one? All right. I mean, I don't know who wants to go first or whatever. I actually wrote some notes down, so I have everything in order. All that. I love it. Uh, because my OCD will not allow me to do differently. It's fine with me. But uh, I mean, want me to? I can say something about the first song, and then anyone else can chime in. Do it. Yeah. Uh, I get track one. I believe is uh, it's called the Weeping Vessel. Um, it's a pretty. I don't know. It's a. All the songs in these are pretty individualistic, in my opinion, but just slightly different sounds. But uh, to start off on a kind of somber note, uh, this the first song, Weeping Vessel, is about uh, uh, me and my wife lost our first child through miscarriage uh, wow, prior, sorry. Sorry, prior to the other two. But it's weird because the song isn't necessarily about that, per se. It, okay. it is. But it's more about, I've been with, I mean, I've been married about five years with my wife, about 14. And, you know, you get to know someone, you know, well and see them in good times and bad over, you know, that period of time. And when the, when the specific incident happened, uh, what this song is really about is I never have, had seen 
you know, my, my wife, like just so devastated, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, uh, no, I don't, to be honest, I, I haven't gone through that and man, heart goes out to anybody that has, that's, that's intense. Yeah. But it's about, uh, it's about a specific day and a specific time where like, you know, we'd found out and went to the doctors that day and, and this stuff and she was just crushed and she had went upstairs and she was really upset and it's about that specific moment. You know mm. what I mean? Like about, uh, it, it, it covers the whole thing, but it's more about like a specific moment as opposed to a situation. It's a, it's like a, uh, it's more of like a visual, whatever of uh, someone like in pain and just kind of like crushed and, uh, but then it also kind of at the end gets into some, I don't want to say positive, but some, you know, if you're in that situation, the, you know, the way, the outlook you eventually have to take to like get past it or whatever, mm -hmm. which is, and, and I know this is going to be weird, but you know, energy can't be created or destroyed. So when that happened, it just, that energy moved elsewhere, you know, like nothing like, a, you know, permanent happens. It just shifts around and, right. Um, no, that doesn't sound weird. And it's just, but yeah, but it's about, I mean, it's weird because like I always compile lyrics and like little things happen. And see, for me, Zay was a very cathartic thing. Uh, like I'm a pretty like mellow, happy guy for the most part, but that's in part to where I learned how to properly channel my negative emotions and experiences like into this band in the sense of like, you know, lyrical, whatever, uh, you know, right. And, uh, it's weird because they give me, you know, when we were doing this record, I just get a bunch of songs and I have a pile of lyrics and I feel like certain songs sound desperate or angry or sad or whatever. And then I'll, you know, I'll have lyrics and I feel like this, you know, lyrical content is desperate or angry or sad. And then I kind of like put the pieces together like that. So it's, it's a weird marriage of I get this vibe from this song and I feel like these lyrics have this vibe. So I feel like they, you know, pair well, you know, right. And, and as, as a final outcome, but yeah, that's kind of what the first song is about. Like I said, I hate to stop on a somber note, but no, that's track one. Go start there. That's yeah, cool. I, it's really interesting too, because uh, like Dan kind of hits the nail on the head and it's, it's kind of funny. I'm sitting here listening to him tell the story and it's the first time I'm hearing this. Wow. Like that, that cause that, that like you, a lot of times the way we work is like, you know, we'll have the music and we'll know what the music is. And we don't really know what Dan is doing. Like, we'll, I mean, we'll know, like Dan will be like, he'll throw song titles at us. I'm like, I have a song about this. I have a song about this. I have a song about, but you really don't know which title and which song is to which music. And okay. Okay. And that, that's the thing that's so interesting to me. Like, like in the moment now, like Leviathan or it's called, it was called Leviathan. That was the working title, but the weeping vessel. Um, it's okay. everything to me about Zayo, what he just described, because there, to me, there's two t different types of Zayo songs. There's like the sad Zayo songs and the sort of like unleashing frustration kind of anger songs. Okay. Uh, and this one is kind of both. And I think that that's what it's really interesting hearing him say that. Gotcha. Okay. Because it kind of sums both up. And I think it's no mistake that it's also the one we picked to be the album opener. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. And you can tell when Dan sings songs that are really, really personal, 
those are the ones that like really kind of lock in. So does, does I picked like unique... opener, not knowing any of this, just knowing that hearing Dan sing this song, to me, that was everything Zayo encapsulated in one song. It does seem kind of like a, a unique choice that you didn't go with like the one with the the heavy riff or like the, the quote. It's, it's tough to say, you know, a lot of albums used to have the hit be the first song because, you know, you want to you want to come out strong. And in this genre of music, it's not really, well, this it's, isn't, a, it's not really a hit based kind well, of a thing. But it yeah. is interesting. That you guys went so deep. <laughs> with Zayo, though, the hits, you can't really determine. You can't predict the hits. Yeah, that's fair. You know, yeah. Like, look at Five Year Winner. Like, that wasn't Scott. Wasn't that song written on the way to the studio? <laughs> yeah. It was probably ten minutes total taken on that song. Yeah. Lyric, you know, lyrically though. I mean, that's the thing that I love about it is the like the way the music's done. It's more of just like this. I, I, mean, I think all of us as musicians are cathartic as well. Like, you know, I'm usually angry. <laughs> You know, and then I'll usually be sad, and then that's kind of the two biggest emotions I use to write. Um, but I love like writing a song and handing it off and having it become a whole new song. You know, right? Because we never really know what, what's what, what's going to happen to it, and giving Dan the freedom to just go, and then we get this thing back, and it becomes this thing now. So that song isn't what it started out as. It's now weeping vessel and it takes on a whole new life and that i love it i love that's one of the most my my favorite things about this band wow that's cool all right that's exactly how i wanted to step through this and kind of each of you take a take a, a little uh take a little nibble at explaining what you feel about it and jeff that's so cool to hear that the drummer on the song is like that's the first time i ever heard the guy talk about that i knew there was a song about the miscarriage thing uh, honestly when i was reading through the lyrics i couldn't quite pinpoint which one it was that was okay. really interesting. I knew that going into it, that there was one about it. I actually, I think I picked a different song that I thought was about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, yeah. It's, and I mean, I always kind of like to write open a little bit too, where I think, you know, one of the beauties of music is personal interpretation, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's songs I liked or whatever. And you find out, I thought it was about this and it's about this, but, uh, that's what I think is cool about this is if people want to know, they can know. And if, you know, if not, whatever. And I, I never like to write tongue in cheek, you know, like just blatant, you know, whatever. So I feel like, I feel like if I sat here with the lyrics and like walked through them, I could explain like what every line is like, you know, pointing to, or, you know, what it means or right. what have you. But, uh, yeah, and like I said, it's more of a view of a specific moment in time than an overall situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? So I think I do. Uh, yeah, I, I was sitting downstairs and like I could hear my wife upstairs crying, oh, and man. and I was like, you know, do you want me to come up? You know, blah blah. And I could tell that she really just wanted to be left alone. Right. You know, and you can you can like pick that up after a while. Sure. So it's about that specific moment in time, like me sitting downstairs and this whole thing going on. And then like, just, you know, being able to hear her crying upstairs and 
just the weight of the situation and that like specific moment, you know? I, the, well, you keep saying, you know, and I don't, cause I, I have no idea what it would be like to nah. get through that. But what I'm picking up from you is the sense of, it's almost like, like what, what you're stirring up in me is the helplessness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, the fact that, you know, you're a man and your wife is hurting and you can't do a damn thing about it. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's your own battle. That's your own yeah. cross to carry now. And like that, that reminds me of, of, you know, losing a family member and them getting sick. And you're like, ah, oh, God, nothing I can do. I'm just, I'm just standing here twiddling my thumbs, like waiting for the that final gong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that, I, that what you're talking about, like that, your situation with your wife and the miscarriage, I, I've never been through that, but what you're reminding me of, like, isn't that cool? Isn't that what's cool about music is that you're taking me back to that spot where I just felt like, God, I want to take this from you so bad. And I can't, it's, it's, that's not how this works. You have that. That's, I'm just standing here, you know? And I, and I think one of the beauties of this band and what, you know, regardless of this or that has always been like, you know, occasionally getting into more personal subject matter. And if yeah. anything, if there's people out there that have been through similar situations, it's, I mean, that's the beauty of music, you know, like when you find that song that like aligns with how you feel or, you touches know. you. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, man, you know, just, you know, that if someone's out there like, Hey man, like sometimes just knowing that, you know, you're not alone or, yeah. or, or yep. sim it simply is like feeling like there's someone else that has been through the same thing. It makes you not feel quite as, you know, isolated and stuff. Sure. And then, mm-hmm. You know, and then, I mean, we we pushed through, and I got two little ones now, so it's, you know, I have to look back and be like, well, it could have been worse, and, sure. you know what I mean, and, uh, and uh, if anything, it makes you more thankful for what you have, and, like, I mean, I remember when I, the, every day, pretty much, like, how I was recording vocals is I was going once a week and just doing, like, two songs at a time and really just picking them apart, and, you know, there was, uh, I mean, one of my favorite songs now is the next song, which is... A well-intentioned virus, but that was actually completely. Nice segue. Well, it was completely redone. I actually recorded it, had a different name, and uh, it went from being like an eh song to I think one of the more like kind of in-your-face. I think it'll be a. It was a right. Uh, rough one i think for all of us i had a hard time tracking drums for that one it's like what, fast. What weird, it's just fast weird time signatures but it's fast and like i did like a slower approach and it just seemed and, and I, it also was like early on when i started doing vocals and my voice really came to uh i, I honestly think and i mean these guys will agree i think like vocally from my end of it it's probably one of the better in a couple records you know uh, performance wise yeah yeah well yeah i think the way that we had dan do it and the way dan decided to do his vocals um i think benefited because you know when you have such a violent style of vocal <laughs> to yeah. do trying to do i mean trying to do that kind of vocal style for like numerous songs in one short period of time you're, it, it's going to shred you um to me, it's better to kind of space them out. That way you can be as strong and you like Dan did, you know, he's strong and he's like really focused in on what that song is. Mm -hmm. It was nice to be able, be able to do the way we did it. 
and even with, with my schedule and stuff, it was like not stressful. And yeah, you know, yeah, right. Uh, Dave, a tree lady was just really cool, man. We bounced. There was a couple songs. There was like, there was three different versions of a part. Like try this, try that, you know, like, or Hey, I had two ideas. You know. Let's talk, let's talk lyrical content about a uh, well-intentioned virus. What's it about? Uh, it's, um, uh, I feel like it's like tiny tongue in cheek. It's, uh, causing you know causing harm under the guise of good intention persecutors crying persecution type of stuff like okay. uh, i mean in the end it's kind of about the human race <laughs> right you know it's just like i feel like a lot of people have good intentions but when acting on their good intentions are actually causing harm to others sure you know whether it's politically socially you know, religious, whatever, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and it's uh, one of my favorite, and that's stuck with me forever. And, and, I mean, being older, this movie was cool, but one of my favorite, like, movie parts of all time is, and sorry if people went and you're like, oh, my God, like, this is sweet. <laughs> but in the, in the Matrix, when they have uh, Morpheus in the high-rise. Okay. And they're trying to pull all the stuff out of his head. And the agent's pretty much like, I've studied the human race, moves to an area, consumes, and moves on. Oh, right, then, right, right, right. I didn't know what you meant till now. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's, you're a virus. You when know he what says, I mean? When he says, it's the smell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's pretty much talking about how, how the way we operate is how a virus operates. Uh-huh. Move to an area, consume everything. When it's gone, we move on, yep. you know? And it's, uh, that's always stuck with me as whatever since I saw it in the theater whatever 15 years ago i mean i don't have a whatever date in front of me but it was a long time ago but uh right. and it's not necessarily written inspired by that specific part but that's no, like a, it. a good yeah. way to like the, the opposite of logical thought like it seems like everything happens illogically and i'm sorry i'm really bad at explaining stuff sometimes no you're <laughs> dude, they're your songs so uh, go ahead. I, I get i'm like a wormhole <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Just like start like uh, it's a podcast. I'm not going to cut you off for commercials. Don't worry about yeah. it. No, that's good. Sometimes when you ramble is when you you go down that you know I always say rabbit hole, wormhole. You start rambling and then yeah, butthole. actually I do know or buttholes. Yes, butthole. got, got. <laughs> and then you kind of get like that's how that's how the conversation opens up. You know. But in the end, I thought that when we were talking about album titles, I was like, well, in the end, if you really kind of think about everything, in the end, it's all kind of basically touches on the negative side of humanity. And yeah, this goes back to one of the last songs. But uh, well, people don't, pe- you don't know, jump people, ahead, I won't. But you know, people don't want to admit. <laughs> but you know, a lot of things are done through self-serving purposes, and a lot of time they're masked by good intentions or well intentions. And sure, yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I've, I've used that analogy for somebody in my life before where I said, the person has good advice, but they load it into a shotgun and shoot it at you. Yeah. And you're too busy jumping out of the way than to hear, than to hear the, the good intention behind it because if you let it hit you, it's going to hurt. It's yeah. going to break this flesh. You know? and, and sometimes it's, it's, it's all about the delivery. <laughs> like, I have something good for you and you know, be, be gentle about it. And say it in love. Don't force it down somebody's throat because you're going to wind up hurting the person yeah and if you think about it across the board a lot of people are having you know whether it's dealing with this or that or you know the intention may be well but that doesn't mean that they're not doing harm you know what i mean yes i do just kind of a quick little dive into that whole kind of ideal uh yeah good shit 
I like that. I think unless you're a total sociopath, I think most people think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. I guess that's what's insane about it. Like, you know, the, the some of the worst people in history thought they were doing the right thing. That's unless, that's an interesting angle. You're right. Yeah. I mean, unless they're a compl- complete and total sociopath. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, think Hitler was a vegetarian and he loved his dogs, you mm-hmm. know, but then yeah. he ended up looking at us like a... What, to me, I, I mean, whatever. But then he looks at the, these this race of people, I guess, and blames them for all of his ills. And he thinks the way to make his country better is to rid that country of those people. He was he was doing it for the good of the people that he cared about. Yeah, he was doing, he was for the doing it very wrong. Sickening. Just, yeah. yeah, Germany. Like so, it, it, it's, it's a lot of it's you know. Your, your point of like which point of view you're coming at it from but yeah it's like right. i mean yeah that, and in his that, mind that would be an example though of one of those people i would say was like a total sociopath yeah i'll think about <laughs> westboro baptist church those people sure. obviously think that they're they're in the right uh-huh you know but or they, they, think, or they think they're trying to help yeah like, but it's like you're actually causing a lot of pain. pain. I think the interesting part about this whole thing is you can sit here and pick out a ton of different, you know, but it's just about how that's just, it's like an entity, you know? It's like gravity. It's just part of the entire experience of the human sure. race. And yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Track number three, where are we going now? I don't know. All right, All right now, well, we'll get... We'll, even <laughs> Well, I, I have notes here. I have a I have a field note. Jeff book. never feared. Dan has a map. We're good. Yeah, I know. Well, this is another. This is one of the things I had to talk to uh, someone about. But uh, the the third track is called "The Broken Pack Blues." Me and my brother, uh, throughout our life, both you know, struggled with anxiety and some things. And okay. uh, you know, maybe it was probably ten years ago or so, but we made a suicide pact that neither of us would ever kill ourselves because it, you know that's a whole another story. Uh, right. For what you know, our parents did for us growing up and some things. But uh, my brother got on a rough path a couple years ago, and uh, he got pulled into some. Uh, one of the plagues that plague this country these days, which is opiates and so on and so forth, whether okay. prescription or none other. And uh, he pretty much just, he went down a wormhole, man. He went down a, a dark spiral and uh, it, it led to him breaking the pact. We'll just say uh, he, he lived through it, but um, he almost died and by his own. He tried to uh, kill himself. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So he broke the pact uh, that we made, and uh, that's what this song's about. And similar to Weeping Vessel, it's not about the overall situation as as much as like um, uh, my mom found him early in the morning on the floor, and uh, he called. You know, had to, ambulances had to be called, and he was like resuscitated at the hospital and stuff. But uh, so that's what that song's about. It's it, he he broke the pact, and it's about not only someone like struggling, you know, with say suicide, but also addiction. And, uh, and I'll throw this in real quick. He's actually doing really well now. That's but, um, good news. Okay, good. And, uh, but, What's his uh, name? What's his name? Matt. 
And, uh, um, but this song's about, so when I picture the song in my head, it's about, I wasn't there personally, but it's almost like if I was there, it's about like if he was on the floor, uh, almost dead, it's about asking his, uh, I, I pictured it like if he was on the floor and his, you know, self was hovering above his body. It's about pleading with his spirit to go back and do his body and come back alive. Wow. And, and if he chooses not to, then it's time to move on. Like, so it's either please come back to us, not only in your body, but as the person you are, right. you know, like prior to addiction and stuff, or it's time to move on. Okay. Um, Dude, that's heavy. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's about, once again, it's the same thing. It's about like a specific moment in time and it's about you know, hopelessness and yeah, it's just how I dealt. Like, this is how I deal with stuff Right. is writing it out, thinking it out. And like I said, he's doing well. And I actually called him tonight and was like, Hey man, I'm going to be doing this like podcast thing. And you care if I talk about it? And he's like, man, I'm not proud of it, but you know, if it helps someone out or I'm not ashamed of it. And I, I went through it. Right. Uh, he's like, yeah, it's cool. I was like, I'll just save my friend or someone close to me if not. And he was like, no, man, it's cool. You know, we yeah, all yeah, love, yeah. we all love his brother Matt too. Yeah, he's cool. He's, he's a cool, too. greatest dude. One say, of the greatest dudes ever. If Matt's listening to this, thank you for giving Dan kind of like the the hat tip to talk about that. That's that's cool of you. And I told cool. him, I said, hey man, it might help somebody, you know. But he's doing well now. I mean, he's good. Uh, he found some peace through like meditation and like Buddhism and stuff, and he's doing okay. real well and. You know, like yoga, and yeah, he's like real crazy now, buying her old beats and you know all that stuff. And but yeah, man, he just—I mean, after that, there were still some ups and downs. But I'm just happy he's you know still around and he's doing well. And you know, but once again, it just goes back into I, you know, had, like the day that all this happened, I started like writing this stuff down. Uh-oh. But it's a, in the end, the song is about like a broken suicide pact. Gotcha. And uh, this is, I'll, I'll end with this. I almost, is like, I was I was raised on movies, and I feel like I always end up correlating stuff back to something from a movie. But okay. it's kind of like there's the, in the original Poltergeist, there's the scene where the psychic comes in and Carol Ann's in like limbo, and they're finally able to speak to her. And, you know, she's talking about how she's being chased and stuff. And it's just, I'm like, follow my voice, you know, come back come back to us come back to your body Uh and uh so it's this weird mash of like this that poltergeist you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh yeah sorry once again there's still some whatever stuff but yeah we got through the most depressing uh subject matter i believe at this point one two three (laughs) (laughs) first three tracks (laughs) well push the powerful stuff up front get people's attention that's okay yeah, I mean, it's never, and I feel like it's never done to exploit a situation to, like, whatever. It's just, like, nah, I like never got that impression. It's just cathartic. It's, like, <clears throat> this is how I deal with stuff and not, like, be an angry person. Right. Know? Yeah. Um, is, uh, you know, working it. It's crazy when you sometimes have a situation and you, at least, and I, I kind of feel thankful for it, is, like, you know, uh, Sometimes when you write it down, think it out, lay it out, work it out, it's like, you know, you think through all the different aspects of it and it's, you find a little bit of peace, at least, you know, personally, 
through the you know because i had written some rough stuff and then when the songs came out i really like expounded on it so i had to like go back to that time and um i i feel like maybe maybe jeff and scott can can go further with this but everything all right what is that noise my dog is going to piss everywhere if I don't take her out. Take her out, dude. Go ahead. I, I'm doing it right now. It's cool. All right, <laughs> All right I'm good. No more noise. <laughs> so when she has to pee, does she just open and close the Venetian blinds really fast? That's kind of like... Well, no, it's she... like it's like Morris Coates. <laughs> she, yeah, that's what she does. It's Must like take. I will piss everywhere. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, where the hell was I? Uh, I said Jeff and Scott can expound. Uh, yeah, I was, about to, I was about to say something profound and genius, and, uh, and then your dog had to pee, and I forgot what I was going to say. Profound and genius, and Travis turned uh, on the other thing. Dan was talking about the catharsis of... Oh, thank you. Yeah. I was going to say... Um, Anybody can go on Twitter and Facebook or their blog, and they can and they can write about how upsetting a situation is. And it's just honestly, it's just more white noise. Maybe maybe you feel better at the end after you hit post or send or something like that. But it's just it's kind of just what anybody can do. But when you pound this thing into form and stick it into a song and put it on an album, and you take those lyrics. And 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 the music that was written by the other guys and the drums that were put on by Jeff and everything, and you kind of pound the, you kind of hammer the metal into the shape of this song, that's going to make more of an impact, and that's why I think that's honestly why at the end of this process you might feel like, yeah, man, I do feel a little bit better after producing something like that, rather than just going on the blog and writing how sad you are that your brother had this situation. Okay, like that's what anybody could have did. Anybody can open up a Tumblr page and do that, but Zayo, Zayo decided to take three minutes and focus on something like this and make a song out of it. That's that is that is that is birth of the pressure, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's also it's also really like kind of it kind of hits you really hard when you realize that there are people that really it really does resonate with them, right? And yes, there's like. When when Dan was talking about like the weeping vessel and some of the things he was going with, you know, like I can't even imagine that. The fact of the matter is, there are people that can't, right? And like some of those situations that they can relate to that, and I think that's why some of the Zayo fans are as I don't. I mean, this is a compliment. As, Jeff, don't lose your thought. I have right. I have to give this dog a damn pill every night. It's fine. Thanks let's for, just let's just do that. Though. This is what happens. This is this is Zayo. Right here. This is Zayo. This is the real Zayo. <laughs> real Zayo. Why did your record take seven years? We have to get dog. <laughs> <laughs> just be lucky. My my wife took my daughter out for a minute. Or this would be a much more interesting interview. It's <laughs> hilarious. All right, all right. Okay, go for <laughs> it. Um, Jeff, to add to what you were saying. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. Um, you know somebody's going to come back with this and be like, oh, my God, the first time I heard that, I cried. Because in my life, I have a situation of fill in the blank, and that song is going to right, punch yeah. someone in the gut. I mean, 
some of these things, you know, like, yes, to the general, a lot of the general public, these things are so alien. Like, I'll never be in that situation. I can't imagine that. Uh-huh. There are enough people that are in situations that are so close to that. Right. That's why you have, you know, I think that's why Zayo has a lot of these fans that are like, oh my God, you guys saved my life. Right. You know, we hear that so much. Uh, like, people that name their kids after the band, like, tattoos, like, it, it's insane. Wow. And totally, like, and like I said, I don't mean that in an insult in any way. No, 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 no. It's like, absolutely insane. So I just can't wrap my head around it. But I, at the same time, I can't, you know, right. like, it's, that's what makes this stuff, like, hit so hard. Right. That's why I... Even though I knew the Zayo guys, joining the band was so exciting to me because I knew that it was a genuine thing. Right. Like the things that Dan were singing about, like I was not, I wouldn't, when I joined Zayo, you know, my friends in my personal circle was like, oh, you're going to have prayer circles before <laughs> the shows? Like that kind of stuff. Like, but I, but that's the thing. Like I didn't care because I'm like I don't care what these guys, politics or religion or any of that is. I know when I hear Dan's lyrics, that shit's real. Right. Yep. Like it's coming from a personal, like really deep thing. And whether I had the specific experiences Dan did, didn't matter. I had experiences that were equivalent to that. So I could I could get into that like that catharsis that 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 heaviness like yeah. the stuff that he was thinking about like and to me that's the magic of what Dan does. Yep. If it's not if it's not going to reach a person on that level, then it's, it's not it's not supposed to. Yeah. Like I might read those lyrics and go, I'm bailing on that. That's too heavy. I don't want to hear that. And exactly. I just, yeah, I yeah. just focus on the guitar riff, or I focus right, on right, the right. drums, or whatever. There for you too. Right. But then there's going to be that one time, that one moment, that one song, that one band. It might not even be Zayo, but there's that one that just gut punches you, and you didn't see it coming because, wow, that would hit too close to home. Yeah. So. Dan's just going to make every attempt he can to make every song try to be that song so that, you know, so he don't just write stupid uh, time fill, fill in the gap lyrics just for the sake of cranking out a song. There's enough of that out there, man. We, we all own albums with shitty lyrics on, you know? And there's some of those that I really like. Me too. Yeah. You I gotta eat that. healthy to stay alive, but once in a while you can have some junk food. It's okay. <laughs> you know, it's everything in moderation. Yep. I know. Especially <laughs> in the metal world. Some of my favorite metal records have the worst lyrics. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. Anthrax, dude. I always I want to be caught in a mosh when I listen mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> Not now, maybe. Anthrax. See, I never had a problem with Anthrax lyrics unless they were based off Stephen King books or comic books. <laughs> the time they did one of those songs, it was always my least favorite song on the record. You don't like "I Am the Law"? That's a good tune. That was not quite it was pure enough. Like, I guess like skeletons in the closet always bothered me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would have to argue. I mean, Among the Living and Persistence of Time are my two favorites. Hell yeah! Sorry. No, let's just let's just let's take 
Let's just take a moment here and process all the noises that I'm hearing. I'm hearing outside noises. The dog tap dance routine sounds like it's over. Hey, how about this? Dude, haunted house door. <laughs> you guys don't even know how cool it is to live with Gregory Hines reincarnated into a dog. You should get, get, a, get, a, get her some tap shoes. <laughs> Sure, she's gonna come over and do the Fred Astaire thing. I was gonna say when your dog has to pee. That's pretty good. Oh man. It wouldn't be an we can't do a normal quiet day interview, it wouldn't be. She does quite the, right. Does she like get up on her hind legs and hold the cane and the top hat? <laughs> it's like hey, man, I gotta pee. It's like the scene in Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah. Hello, my baby. Yeah. Or do you remember the old Looney Tunes cartoon where the guy finds the dead frog? Like whenever he's in private, it like it, it like tap it sings like old songs, and then when he goes, shows people, it just lays there dead. It's in front of people. It just goes. <laughs> it does a hello, my baby. Hello, yep, my darling. Yep. Hello, so my funny. I forgot all about it. He kept him in a metal box. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, uh, he like took him around to like show producers and stuff. That <laughs> 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 yeah. was a good one. Okay, Whew, break the tension there. No, 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 no worries. Um, for as as somber it can get, we're not a bunch of very somber, serious people. So. That's good. That's good because if you were, <laughs> if you were as somber as your lyrics all the time, you'd you'd be like some white face paint band that I probably didn't <laughs> talk to. To be honest with you, you know. <laughs> What's that, Varg? What's that guy's name? Varg, whatever. The racist freak. Oh, from Burzum. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, what am I going to talk to you about? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, how's it going? Oh, okay. There's, uh, there's no laughing during a Burzum interview. No, no. no probably not. <laughs> what's, what's next? Number four. Uh, that's, uh, that's, I don't know if this is properly pronounced. I never looked up the pure phonetic whatever, but it's called Jinba Atai. It, uh, it, it, this is this is actually kind of crappy about the title because, like, within, within tattooing, I try to, like, the Japanese culture is one of my favorite things, you know. Okay. It has been since I was young. And uh, as I was, like, re I try to, I have a couple books where it goes through all the old, like, lures and stories. But there's a thing called Jinba Tai, and it's uh, the samurai rider and the horse be become one it's it's kind of a weird like existentialist song it, it's just about the craziness of it's about mind and body being one where as as a person you know like as a entity like a conscious entity it's our brain our mind you know what i mean uh -huh. and we're pretty much driving around a body you know um and our, our body defines us you know physically the way we look how tall we are, how strong we are, whatever. It's just crazy to think that we're just a consciousness inside a random body. Okay. But it's so the, the title ties into it's more about the mind and body being one as opposed to like the horse and rider, but the same idea, you know, a, a person controlling a body. Uh -huh. I've been, I was talking to my dad about this like a couple months ago, but uh, I've been like weirdly death obsessed since I was a little kid, like since like five or six, like thinking about it, talking about it, you know. Worry, worrying about it, whatever. And that's like one of the cool things that ties into the cover 
there's a line that says, you know, the, the mouths of our graves call our bodies home and laugh as we, you know, struggle to escape. It's about being a person. It's about being a, uh, a, mort a mortal person that, that is pretty much headed towards the grave, in essence. I, I, the, the other subject I toy with in this song that's interesting is, regardless of religious beliefs or not, nothing ever promises you a tomorrow or safety. Do you know what I mean? Right. There's never a promise like you will be safe, you will be okay, you will be alive tomorrow, in, right. in, you know, in, in any religion or not. So this is a song that kind of toys with that whole idea. I know it's not as somber and intense as some stuff, but it's, it's something I like just sit around and think about a lot, you know, mortality. and. Can you attribute what you think maybe the death obsession is from, or is that just the way you're folded? I mean, I think initially when I was young, I started with the fear of death. You know, uh -huh. the, it's it's the only unanswered question really left in the universe today. Um, people can speculate what happens, but in the end, it's still the greatest mystery that it's the greatest mystery and un you know solved kind of tale of mankind. You know right. what I mean? And uh -huh. and this or that or not, like everyone, you know, it's a fear in the back of everyone's mind and. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's about the just the weirdness of being alive. <laughs> it's hard to explain. You know what I mean? And okay. Uh, well, I think the what did you call it? The the body and the horse analogy. It's, a, it's initially the rider and the horse. Right, rider, rider, horse. That's it. I was and thinking. when they would go into battle, it was about when they'd become one. Right. You know? Where it that, was like it ceased to be a rider and a horse. It was one entity, and it's kind of th that idea, but the the mind and the body. That you puts know. the idea of where you were going in its place. Just that 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 that's enough of a visual to be like, oh yeah, I kind of never saw well, that before. I'm, you know, I'm creeping towards my 40s, and I I don't think I'm, I'm not involved in any sort of midlife crisis. <laughs> okay, uh, but but more of like a lot of a lot more existentialistic thought, and especially after having some kids, and yeah, man, I, I could say before like I really you know it was the first time in my life where I'm like I like want. To definitely be alive as long as possible you know yeah. what i mean mm -hmm. and uh i mean there's also like you know a fear and a weakness that come along with that because we don't have any control over that right. you know what i mean like uh, re regardless of of anything you know we have no control over accidents or our health or you know to an extent i mean you can right. like eat well and stuff but like things can pop up and you know one of my best friends for a long time you know he got he, he's fine, but, you know, he got a pretty gnarly cancer in his mid-20s. And, yeah. you know, it's like just ideas like that. Like, you never know. Like, we're not yeah. we're not greater than any of that. And um, I just think I, I am 40. And, and it, it, noticing buddy of mine who's younger than me had a stroke. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yep. John Bunch. Yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah, five insane, years older than me. Like, I, I was talking to Scott about it. If, if you can't at least – Give John Bunch the respect of going, okay, whoa, slow down a second, and letting that knock you back on your heels and go hug your kids or pet your dog or, or uh, high-five your mom or whatever. You know what I mean? Like if you can't at least take the moment to be like, wow, I should respect what I have for a moment because it could all go away, he died for nothing. Yeah. And, and what I mean is like nobody is greater than that. Nobody is right. above, you know, like, and, and, and that's what I'm saying is like, Across the board, you know, religious beliefs or not, right. there's nothing uh -huh. that says, like, I promise you you'll be alive tomorrow. I promise, nope. like, nothing bad will ever happen to you. It's like, 
so it's it's kind of scary to look back and say that like it's kind of I'm, I'm existing in a little you know in a chaotic environment that uh-huh. there's a lot of different uh, inputs and things that can happen kind of uh, confronting the grave at some point you know and uh, that's the one thing that you know as a species we we're not greater than is you know the frailty of our bodies and the the looming mouth of the grave and i'm not saying it should be feared or whatever it's just it is what it is and just take a minute and think about it yeah yeah and not and not to be morbid per se but then that should influence you know yeah just simple thankfulness for health and you know health of mind health of body sure so sorry jeff scott no i I think dan summed that up pretty pretty nicely although i will add that uh, this was the song when I read the lyrics. I thought might have been about the miscarriage. Okay. I don't. I don't know if they had. Yeah, I can see that. Meeting or. Yeah. See. Well, well that's cool no, how people can interpret things. I well, I was looking at it from a totally different angle, maybe like because right. the whole uh, aspect of the you know the 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 rider and the horse becoming one and being one entity and all that stuff. I was thinking of it in terms of the you know. The, the child, yeah, woman and child, yeah, the mother and the, the mother and the and the the fetus, like kind of be, being one entity, kind of totally thing. Totally makes sense. And yeah, some of the lyrics, a couple of the lines that were in there, I'm like, oh, is this the one? Uh, so, yeah, it's totally like makes knowing, sense. Knowing yeah. the list of subject matter and reading through the lyrics, it's <laughs> very different, you know, interpretation than what uh, and that. And, and that just goes back to I never like to write tongue in cheek. Be like, right. this, this is hard. This happened to me. It's like I kind of, I get like weird, almost like a movie, like writing about just a scene from a movie, you know, not like the whole movie, but just this specific part. Right. And 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 I, and I always liked visuals, like trying to use words that conjure visuals. Um, you know what I mean? Like simple visualistic kind of speaking and. There's a lot of metal out there that tells the listener how to feel. Yeah. They even, yeah, open, and, and, they even open the show with, I want to see a circle pit. Get up yeah. out of your seats. Blah, blah. He's like a list of commands. And it's, instead, I'm just going to go out there and I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I'm going to tell you how I feel. Yeah. And you can do what you damn well please with those lyrics. It doesn't matter to me. i got to get this out. Yeah, and, and it's not. Well, not I know one of the know. first Voivod records where they say, uh, get up and move your assholes. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I think it's in the song, Fuck Off and Die. <laughs> oh, the crazy Canadians. You gotta love them. That's, uh, what you're saying is cover song? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess I guess number five, and this can be I mean maybe Scott can talk about this more. I just add a little bit it would be apocalypse. When I when I wrote the guitar parts to the song, it made it was like kind of had a feel to it that it was sort of pleading and desperate. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah so when um, when I write lyrics, 
and I usually do it at, at a minimum. And what's really cool is when I write them, I usually will write and then Dan will have the bulk of the song. But a lot of the times, man, my lyrics fit in with Dan's lyrics in weird ways because I don't know if it's just coming from the same place. I mean, Dan's been through a way more than me in, in, in the span of his life, but, but I think I can identify and I empathize with a lot of what he's been through. Um, but for me, Apocalypse, I just felt literally it's like what you would feel like or how you feel when things are just coming down on you and weighing on you and, and the fear and, and the frustrations and the anxiety of it. So it's not like, and even like apocalypse was just a working term because I felt like I think most people in their lives can identify with apocalypses that they have on their own. So it's not like the end of anything, but little things that happen to you can feel like an apocalypse to yourself. So it's more okay. or less like that kind of idea. Okay. And like then a matter of perspective apocalypse. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. everybody has their own ways of dealing with things sure. and, and everybody's yeah. life, you know, like say, like for example, Dan's brother doing like having that whole situation happen to him is such a, intense thing i couldn't even understand how to deal with it but then you know maybe if i lose my job you know which is not a f life or death thing but for me in my perspective that feels like that sure mm -hmm. so you know it's it's yeah even with all due respect to dan and his brother that situation didn't affect my world at all mm -hmm. you have you have to let me in and tell me about it because mm -hmm. I, my, my day proceeded as normal that day you know yeah, and that that whole aspect has always fascinated me. Like just watching, you know, we we me and Travis have talked, but like I'm I'm kind of a news junkie, and I'm all this kind of horrible things for myself. I shouldn't do it, but <laughs> you, you watch the news, and like you see, say somebody like a shooting, or you see, which we saw too many of them in this last couple of years, <laughs> or you see like a car accident, or you see a f house fire. You know, those are all like mini apocalypses to those people. Sure. But for me, I don't understand that. Right. I, I haven't went through that, but I can easily empathize with that. So this, this is, this song reminds me, this is cool. Cause you guys are making me think of personal situations. Uh, my buddy, Jeremiah, the guy who started the metal band camp gift club. Mm -hmm. and this is not a drop. I swear. I'm not putting this in there. He happened to be in my neck of the woods for job training. And he's like, you know, we made arrangements for him to come hang with me for that weekend. That Friday night, we were going to see Secret Cutter. And, um, Secret Cutter? Yeah, I think so. And we were going to a show. That was the night of the Paris shootings. Mm. And we went to, we were at my house, and it started blowing up Twitter. And... He was like, <laughs> guns just opened up at, at an Eagles death metal show in Paris. And I was like, what? What? So we're both staring at our phones. And then we decided where to eat. And with all due respect to the people that lost their lives and the people that went through what they did, we, we decided to go to the, the, the burrito place in Bethlehem because it's like the best ones ever. And ate, their, ate our food and was scrolling through Twitter and having our sad moments and thinking, oh, my God, this must be so scary. And wow, this is terrible. 
watching everybody change their avatar pictures to the French flag. It's like, well, thanks for helping, you know? <laughs> and then we went to a show. I mean, we did. It, we did. And we mm-hmm. kind of felt like, I can't fathom what those people are going through, but I'm, I'm not going through it. What am I supposed to do? Stand here and feel sad? I don't know what else to do other than feel, feel bad that it's going on, but it did not affect us. And isn't that strange that geography is the only thing that kept that from me in the absolute worst night of my life to, wow, that was kind of a sad thing that popped up on Twitter. Time to go see a band, you know? I mean, I, I, had, to, I had to play a show that night. <laughs> wow. Like, in, you know, and again, in New York. Yeah. yeah. Every time something like that happens, like, I'm just like, you know. Crosses like, your mind. Yeah, I'll bet. Like, I'm, I'm literally at ground zero. Like, that's yeah. where I, I live in one of the top targets in the world. Right. You know. And I'm like waiting to play a show. You live in a target that already got hit once. Yeah. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, like we, we sound checked at the venue and I went next door and I was sitting there having a drink, killing time. And I'm watching the blurbs pop up on the thing. And there was like a discussion, like, should we? Should the show even happen? Yeah, exactly. What's going on here? You know? Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, that was, but yeah, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around, I, I can't even wrap my head around the fact that that band, those guys on stage, like Eagles of Death Metal, just what, like two days ago, went back and played Paris. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't have done it that quick. No way. I didn't even, I, I, that's news to me. I didn't even know that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Good on, good yeah. On you. They went back and played. They played Paris. That people that were at the show were there, like, like it was like this thing. Like they were, like literally, they were saying there. I mean, the show was sold out. They did a different venue. Uh, sure. There were like literally people there that were like on crutches and <sighs> wheelchairs. Wow. Were at the other show and went. They're like, we have to go. Like we can't not go. Like yeah. we have to go see. We have to go see the show get finished. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, like it was like this big catharsis thing for them to go, and it's weird because it, it does sound cliche. It does sound like something that some <laughs> some southern flag dipshit would have bumper sticker on his pickup truck or something. But if if you live in fear, then they did win. Yeah, you know it sounds cliche and silly, but yeah. you. You do have to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and I mean, and I expected them to, like right. I expected them to go back, and I expected yeah. them to get on. I kind of expected them to get back on stage and play. At the same time, if that band never played on played again, I wouldn't have blamed them either. Sure. <laughs> of course not. Literally, like how do like I, I can't even wrap my head around how I would deal with that as the band on stage when that went down. I think about uh, you reminded me of Vinnie Paul. Oh man! How does that well, guy ever climb behind a drum set on stage? Well, if you want to know something interesting about that, we were supposed to play the show the night that that happened. You're supposed to play the show. We were, yeah, we we, we were we, supposed to play the show in Columbus. No, Columbus, correct? Yeah. Well, we got asked. I, to I don't do, remember Ohio. I know that. Yeah, know yeah, it was Columbus. We got okay, asked. Well, there was a small. We were going to do a small amount of the damage plan dates, and we backed out of it because of other whatever reasons but huh yeah 
Yeah, we were te- we're technically because we got we were recording at uh, Sean. Was it no? Was it was it Sean's house? I don't but remember. No, we took the time off because we were supposed to play the shows. If, if I remember correctly, it was what Shadows Fall Damage Plan and was it a Ghost Inside? I believe. I, man, you know I can't remember. I can't remember but if, either. But I don't want to go into details. But we actually were supposed to play and then didn't. And we had the time off, so we were recording uh, Romance of the Southern Spirit for the Japanese release of Funeral God. Okay. And people started calling us, or like, are you okay? And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, all that crazy stuff happened. We're like, oh. Yeah, I mean, if we played that show, that would have been crazy, man, to be, you know, to be there the night that, uh, you know, a super metal icon was, you know, killed on stage. Yeah. Well, the only thing I think that's really strange about seeing those type of things happen is that when they happen, now it becomes like this event. So it's almost like it can't happen, hopefully again, because now everybody's on the lookout for like the lone idiot that would do something like that. Or, right. you know, like a bat, like the, I think what's the bat, the bataclan or, Whatever the I can't. Which I think I I swear to God I played there. I don't. I'm, I know I don't think I did. Need Isaiah didn't, but I think I I, I want to say that's that I played there. I, I want to say from Honor Dash has played there. Wow. I knew I when that venue came up. I knew the venue. Yeah, I just remember taking time off work to do. It was like four or five shows. Mm-hmm. And then. If, if I remember correctly, not to be whatever, but I feel like we they asked us to do it, and then attendance wasn't real great for those shows, if I remember correctly. And so they didn't want the show to be longer, so they asked us not to play them. I think it was something, yeah, it was something okay. where we got okay. asked not to do them too. Like, we were brought up, but either way, the one bummer of it is, I mean... Being a guitar player that plays heavy music, honestly, Dimebag Daryl's like a someone I would have loved to have met. Sure, yeah, you know. And then having that happen and him taken like that, you know, I mean, it was senseless. And it was over. I think believe comments of like Pantera wouldn't play again. It's like, well, now they're definitely not going to play again. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean like how, how many bands say they're never going to play and then play? It was, like, it was further than that. I heard, I heard. I mean, again, we're all speculating, going by what the news tells us. So uh, filter that through the lies, right? But it was something along the lines of, um, the dude was like hearing voices. Like he was, it was like not stable, and he he yeah. was hearing something in his head that was telling him to do it. And he, well, didn't he think like they ripped him off or something too? It was something, something super. Like he had a riff that they a- took. Absolutely <laughs> impossible. Yeah, it, it just the guy wasn't stable. I and, mean, that's kind of that, 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 that's kind of the same thing that went down with like the John Lennon stuff too. Right? Yeah. 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 Hey, um, yeah. on this note, um, we're not done, but we're gonna cut this thing in half because uh, this is a big one. So we're gonna we're gonna call we're gonna call the first half of this now, okay. and then uh, we're gonna yeah, have to. It's ten, holy shit balls! Yeah, it's ten o'clock sorry. at night. We're halfway through your album. Don't be sorry. You welcome no. to the long-winded ninety-hour <laughs> podcast of the Music Record. I knew this is going to be two. It's cool. Very, very spinal tap. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
people <laughs> wonder, they get all mad because our DVD was so long. Dude, this is how we are. This is how it is. Deal you gotta get it. all the, you gotta get all the talkies out. You gotta make sure you do it right. So let's 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 put a pin in this. And we'll come back to the next one. Okay. You gonna do a, a little CC for us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever hear Zayo? Who's Zoa? <laughs> Zoa. Idiot. We love you. Take care. Bye bye.